Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side Podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We are your co-hosts, and I am Annie Purdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. And this week, I got a chance to talk to Tammy Stordahl, and she's the engagement pastor at Westwood Community Church there in the Twin Cities. And we had this great conversation about self-leadership and really how to trust your leadership if you tend to be more relational and intuitive then you might be strategic. And this conversation fits so well with season two. We are focusing on conversations that matter. And if you want to have healthy conversations, the place where you have to start is embracing yourself. And that's really one of the things that Tammy gets at the heart of in this mm-hmm. interview. Yeah, she's really had to learn to embrace her strengths and those strengths like empathy because mm-hmm. they can feel really mm, like touchy-feely. And- yep. You know, sometimes uh, that can be really uncomfortable for a leader. And she's also learned to stay, to say yes to opportunities that sometimes scare you and Mm -hmm. that, but also lead to such growth in ministry and doing that all while maintaining the health of your own soul. Yeah. And that's so critical to have kind of like that internal strength Mm -hmm. that it sounds like Tammy has been able to develop over years and years Mm -hmm. of ministry. Because you've heard me talk about how important it is for us to navigate messy people problems in ministry. It gets messy. It gums up leadership. It gums up ministry when we have to deal with people. And I love how she taps into this like continuum of empathy Mm -hmm. uh, that often happens for us. We can either be too detached or we can carry the weight of the world. And she really shows us how she embraced that relational and empathetic leadership mm-hmm. and then is able to partner with other people around her to do the strategic side mm-hmm. that helps her navigate through those messy people problems and clear them right up. Right. Definitely. And, you know, we get really practical too. And I hope that as you listen in today, you're really going to walk away with something that you can try if you have those relational or those intuitive strengths. And at the same time, just make sure that you're always caring for yourself in the midst of that as well, because she does share her own story of burnout. You know, it's really common in ministry, but she also really draws from this this longevity in ministry so that um, you know how to lead yourself and others better. So listen into this great conversation. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. You know, I feel like I should have uh, officially known you for longer than I have <laughs> because exactly. I've heard your yeah I've heard your name for close to 30 years because one of my best friends from college is your cousin I believe I'm saying that right <laughs> you are correct yes <laughs> all right so uh, I feel like we should have met before we did but we officially met um, pretty close to a year ago and you know, when I found out your role um, at Westwood, um, I was instantly intrigued because we don't always see a lot of women in, in churches in high-level leadership positions. So mm-hmm. I so appreciated our first conversation that we had. And as soon as I talked to you and we launched this podcast, I'm like, I have to have Tammy on. We have to talk because <laughs> it was such a great conversation. And I, I just thank you for being a, our guest today. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be here. Finally, it took us a little while to it get did. here. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're here now. Uh, just so just tell our listeners a little bit about you. What, you know, what do, what do they need to know about you? Yeah, well, um, my name is Tammy Stordahl. And I'm going to start with, I'm a beloved child of God. Mm. I think I'm learning to say that first, mm. as opposed to what I do. Yeah. For my job, I do work at Westwood Community Church in Minneapolis, and I'm the engagement pastor here. And I've been on staff here 26 years, and 
have had many roles over all these seasons. <laughs> yes, there's many, but also in the last five years, I did a two-year program with the Soul Care Institute. Mm. Um, and then um, a year after that, I did a spiritual direction program and was trained to be a spiritual director. One of the things I appreciated in our first conversation is your longevity in ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you've been in this for, as you mentioned, 26 years and worn so many different hats and were part of that church plant experience. And all of those things add to the depth of your knowledge and your experience about what it's like to be uh, living day-to-day -day in ministry for such a long time. Yeah, and I would say my heartbeat started even in high school. Mm. Um, I loved, I had a great student ministry pastor, and he just invited me into leadership roles, and I just loved serving the church then. Mm -hmm. And it went into um, volunteering, and I did that after college, volunteered with student ministry at the church I grew up at, and which led to a position there for a number of years. Mm. And um I love doing that also. And then when I knew it was time to leave, um, the pastor's there was starting Westwood. And he's like, would you consider coming mm. with, with me? And I didn't imagine um, continuing in the church, but it has been um, an amazing, amazing experience. So, you know, the theme, though, that I hear through all of this is just your heart to serve. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, you've said yes to a lot of things, and some of them have been probably things that have, you felt like are in your wheelhouse and other things have been things that are like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to learn it. Right. Um, you know, what have you seen as a common theme? I hear that theme of service all the way through, but um, you know, what have you observed about your gifts that have emerged in these various roles? Yeah. Well, I would say I realized partway through that I just really love partnering with somebody that has a vision that mm. I'm super excited about and helping make it happen. And that's been a theme throughout my life. So um, I kind of finally realized that. Mm. Um, I learned that I love to create and start new things. And when there's often times in these roles where I've taken it as far as I can, or um, it gets to a place where it's running smoothly and then I get bored so mm -hmm. I've learned that about myself and so mm -hmm. I get a little antsy and I'm like kind of what's next and then I've really learned that some of these roles that I do are for a season and we say mm. that from the onset yeah so you know you see those themes sometimes in retrospect you know maybe you've yes. learned them along the way and maybe you knew some of those things about yourself but but through those different seasons of change you're able to look back and go to kind of put those pieces together um to have them make sense and sometimes they don't always make sense but sometimes right. uh you you probably were in things that were a better fit than others um you know and you and I talked a little bit about you having to what you said to trust your own leadership you know can mm. you tell me more mm -hmm. about that yeah, well, I think, you know, I had, I used to be really quiet and behind the scenes person, and mm. that's what I wanted to do. And when Joel hired me, I, in my interview, I'm like, I will do anything behind the scenes. Do not put me up front. <laughs> do not put me up front. <laughs> and I will never forget his face. So, I mean, this is many years later when the first time I was a service host during one of our worship services. And we're in circle time before and talking through the service. And he was just beaming. He just had this goofy <laughs> smile on his face because 
he finally got me up there. So <laughs> that's been part of it. Just like learning to gain confidence mm. in that and be invited mm. into roles that I wouldn't even imagine. And um, I think that's been something that has been influential for me. Um, just with the partnership I have with Joel is he's seen gifts in me in mm-hmm. these 26 years that I didn't see. Hmm. And he's invited in me into things that I would have never pursued. Hmm. Um, and it's, some have worked out great and some have been like, ah, you know, <laughs> this might not be long-term, but um, it's every single time it's taught me something about myself and it's mm-hmm. stretched me in my leadership. Hmm. And so that's been an important part of um, my story here. And I, I would also say I didn't really see myself as a leader for a lot of years just because I didn't like being up front and I don't have really strategic gifts. Mm. And I always equated up front with leadership for mm. a, a long time. But mm-hmm. um, and those strategic is, gifts, I think, are really important. I just don't have them. And so realizing that I am a leader, even though I lead relationally or I lead intuitively, I think those are two words that. I would put around it. um, I mean, we all have influence. So we're all leaders. And that's how I, Mm -hmm. my leadership comes out, I guess I'd say. Sure. You know, I've heard this, um, this saying lately, um, as women are rising into leadership positions that um, sometimes we can't be what we can't see. And yet, I think you're an example of somebody who didn't necessarily see a peer. You didn't see a female in leadership, but you had this mentorship from a uh, from a male perspective. Uh, somebody who believed in you, who encouraged you, who saw your gifts, and invited you into that process. And I think that's an important um, lesson too for for all of us that. Uh, you know, we can be mentored by the opposite sex um, when that person really sees those gifts and, and, and invites you to participate equally, treats you as an equal in the process. Right. I mean, I'm really in a culture that celebrates women in leadership. Mm. And I know that not everybody is. Yeah. So that has its own challenges when you're not. Um, but yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been mentored by women. I've been mentored by men. All of them have been really vital mm-hmm. in, my, in my spiritual life, in my leadership life and all of it. So, um, yeah. I want to go back to something that you said about, uh, being intuitive, uh, and being relational because sometimes women, I think as women, we can get a little bit uncomfortable, um, talking about our intuition or talking about being a relational leader because it feels, I'm going to use the word maybe light or fluffy, um, more than, more than strategic. Like you talked about seeing, uh, leaders up front and assuming that they needed to be strategic. So, you know, what does this look like? What does intuitive or relational leadership really look like for you? Yeah, well, I think I think for my team and for volunteers that I work with, I mean, those relationships are really the foundation for mm-hmm. everything we're doing. And I want them to feel valued. I want them to be seen. I want them to know their voice is heard. I want to know about their lives and not just the role that we're doing, Mm -hmm. but really care about them as a whole. And I mean, don't we all like to be on teams that Mm -hmm. are like that? And so I think that's where that um, shows up for me. And um, I think, you know, on the intuitive side, I mean, part of that for me is I've been here and helped build this ministry. So I've seen it in so many phases. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. 
I have this instinct and I know where we've been and I know mm-hmm. what hasn't worked and what's worked. And sometimes I'm like, Ooh, it's just time for a change. So that yeah. just kind of rises up within yeah. me. Um, but I would also say I've learned that my empathy gift plays a role in here. Hmm. And I had a friend of mine that like totally shifted that word for me. Uh, he also worked within the worship area of a church and he said, his empathy gift really helped him um, view and understand how others may experience a worship experience Mm, and mm. may help shift his decisions because of that, Mm, mm -hmm. because we kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes and take on those feelings. Like what would they experience? What would they feel? Mm -hmm. And that was so helpful for me. And so I think even now in this role, as I am, we are creating, our team is creating experiences for people to grow in their faith. Well, mm-hmm. um, that empathy gift, I was like, okay, what if I've, this is my first time in the church. What if I have this going mm-hmm. on in my life? What if this, all that stuff kind of yeah. um, intersects for me. And so how to create experiences where um, people feel safe and it draws them closer to God. Mm-hmm. And, and so you partner, you know, so you have a team and you can partner this gift with a strategic gift yeah. and with the, all these gifts and it just makes you stronger. Absolutely. You know, I'm wondering how you take care of yourself with the empathy strength, mm-hmm. because like I said, you can absorb a lot and it can feel like a burden when things aren't going well in a church or look at 2020, there was a lot to absorb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you care for your own soul through all of that? Uh yeah, I mean, sometimes not very well, <laughs> but it's just a constant learning, right? Right. So um, with the empathy gift, um, another great learning around that when I was um, in the training for spiritual direction, part of that role is sitting with people and listening to them and what's on their heart. Mm. And then together listening to the Holy Spirit, mm. saying, what do you have for this person? And as a spiritual director saying, you know, what do you want me to share? What you, do you want me to say? Not just sharing what, oh, I have questions about this, or I have advice. Mm-hmm, it's really mm-hmm. more of a reflective listening and sharing. Mm-hmm. And um, my mentor in this, I was talking about my empathy gift. And I was, I was like, how do people, how do people hear all these stories? Mm-hmm. The weight of that, I couldn't yeah. understand that. And I look at all these care pastors and how do they do that? And counselors and all these people. And um you know, one of the practices of spiritual direction is that um, when that time is over to just lean in and trust God that he's going to take them where they need to go and he's going to provide for them what Mm. they need. And in this, in this kind of role, we don't go back and ask about it. If the Mm. person brings it up, then we can talk more about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been learning to trust God and and be like, you're going to prompt me if I'm supposed to do something in any relationship. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Sure. You know, you talked a little bit about um, not having the strategic gift so much. And so, and you, you touched on this a little bit, but as a relational leader, you know, there are times where you have to be strategic. It's part of being mm-hmm. a leader. How do right. you, how do you do that? How have you navigated those times when you've needed to set a course or make a plan? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I actually go within for a little bit. I like mm-hmm. pull away mm-hmm. and, and I need that time and space mm-hmm. um, to 
to really um, go there. And so, sometimes I actually just have it like, this is where we should go. I know it, I feel it. And then I'm like, okay, but why? And what's the best? You know, like yeah. then I kind of go back to those questions. Uh-huh. And I have a great group of people here on staff that are very strategic. And mm-hmm. so I will, and they're in all different departments, but I will invite them in to different mm-hmm. scenarios and go, I know we need to go in this direction. Can we meet for like one or two times? And I just want to hear from you guys, what you have to say, what um, you've learned, what your strategy is around it. So there's been a lot of collaboration around that and Mm -hmm. inviting that in. Um, So I guess that's one way. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think what I liked about what you said is that it doesn't discount your intuition. You know, it doesn't say, well, this is what I felt and this is the direction that I think we should go intuitively. And I may not be able to put words around it and therefore I'm just going to ignore it. Um, you know, all of our strengths uh, tell us how to make decisions a little bit differently And yours. Is this more intuitive piece uh, or this intuitive path where you may not always be able to articulate it, but then being able to put words to it by inviting other people into the process um, and hearing where you may go, what pieces you might be missing. It's that value of having a team. Right. And sometimes I'll invite them in pretty early on. And sometimes I have the plan I'll put together uh-huh. and then I invite them in. Um, Cause yeah. I think that voice is important mm-hmm. no matter what. So. Yeah. And I think you also just highlighted uh, something that struck me and that st- strategy doesn't always have to be, maybe it doesn't always have to be on paper that it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be written out. Um, we had a guest on who talked about uh, strategic planning early, and, and she talked about inviting God into the process first and foremost, but also um, sort of hold, holding it loosely, you know, n- uh, allowing space for the Holy Spirit to speak to um, right. and being able to adjust and adapt those plans as a result of what you're hearing from him. Yes, totally. So as you think about, you know, the, the message, like your heart for ministry, your heart for leadership, what do you really want to say to our listeners um, that will help them as female leaders boost their own confidence? This was something you talked about that you personally struggled with. You know, how can you now draw from your experience to help them? I think my confidence in my leadership began to grow when I had confidence in who I am mm. in Christ. Mm. And so Knowing that I'm the beloved, knowing that I'm a child of God, knowing that God's put me in this place and he's put me in this role. I mean, I will often stop now and go like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I can't believe I'm in charge of this or, you know, like whatever. (laughs) Or I can't believe I, you know, like I have to make this decision and I feel this and is the right one? Is it the wrong one? And then I'm like, okay, God knows me. He knows mm-hmm. how he's made me. He's mm-hmm. put me in this role. I'm trusting that this is from God and we're going to go, we're going to go for it. Yeah. So it's a lot of self-talk, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not letting those doubts like overtake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, I mean, they've been in there for a really long time. It's mm-hmm. years of, mm-hmm. of that. So and I also, I mean, I am just blessed. I have people that are just affirm me in my leadership, mm-hmm. which is I know is a gift. And in those moments when I don't feel confident, I, I have people in my life that can speak into me, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's really it's hard to do this stuff alone. 
Yeah, it is. You know, that's the whole premise of our podcast is this side by side, you know, that we lead better when we, when we invite somebody else in and, you know, whether that's a a teammate or whether that's a friend or or a spouse or whoever that person is in your life to um, affirm your gifts. And and you have such a story of that, you know, with Joel and your relationship with him and, and then really diving into understanding and celebrating who God uniquely made you to be. And it seems so simple, and yet it's really hard, I think, sometimes to remember. Oh, <laughs> it's so hard. And I think, um, you know, even our discovery process mm-hmm. of that, it for me, it did not come quickly and it did mm-hmm. not come lightly. Mm-hmm. It is really looking within and it's looking at the past, it's looking at my thoughts, it's looking at um, where am I trusting God, where am I not trusting God, mm-hmm. what are the false things that I believe to be mm-hmm. true about myself or about God. I mean, it's been kind of a, I would say, an eight-year journey. Mm. The last eight years have been really um, focused on that. And that came out of a place of brokenness. Mm-hmm. and. I have this pattern in my life, you know, I mean, I do have responsibility and all of that and where I would just like, go, 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 go. And then I would crash because mm-hmm. I was, I couldn't do anymore. And I, it, it repeated over and over and over in my mm-hmm. life. And I had a huge crash eight years ago and went to a retreat center and just that began this journey of looking inward mm-hmm. And um, having new words and new thoughts and new beliefs about who I am and who God Mm. is with me. Mm. And um, so crashes can bring (laughs) beauty, (laughs) but sometimes it takes a while. It sure does. And, you know, we don't like to, we don't like to go through that hard stuff. Um, you know, oh. we don't like to go through pain. That's, it's really uncomfortable. And yet it sounds so cliche, but really that is where the growth happens. You know, if you've got, if there's a woman out there today, who's really struggling with soul care, what's one thing that she can do to really uh, nourish her soul, to renew her soul um, in a really practical way? You know, I, for me, Space, having space. I'm not a parent, so I only can only imagine <laughs> what you're thinking if you are of like, how in the world do I find space? Mm. Um, but space is where that stuff happens and yeah. where we pause and where we can hear from God in a different way or mm-hmm. where we can take in the beauty around us going on a walk or where we can pray differently. And so, um, you know, silence and solitude, when I first started with these retreat experiences and all that freaked me out, silence and solitude. And they, you know, it'd be like, you have a couple hours to go out. And I'm like, I can't listen to my worship music. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, (laughs) I love that. And they're like, no, this is just time, silence. Mm -hmm. Just be there and see what God brings up and see um, what you're feeling, what are you seeing around you, all of that. And mm-hmm. so I would say, start small. You don't have mm-hmm. to start with a silent retreat for three days. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's like, I can't even do that yet. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's big, but starting small of like, I'm going to drive without my radio on. Mm. 
and just take in whatever's mm. around me or mm. I'm going to go for a walk and not be on the phone and not listen to my music. Mm. It could be that. It could mm-hmm. be so many. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think um, God will show us when we're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm ready to start. You know, I hear this theme of, of just that, that's that you said space, but even just silence, um, you know, silencing the world around us that creates this distraction um, to the point where we can't hear God. We don't hear him speak. And I like to think sometimes that God sometimes speaks in whispers, but sometimes he has mm-hmm. to shout <laughs> mm-hmm. to get our mm-hmm. attention. And so, you know, the more we can silence that world around us and the more we can uh, create space to hear that whisper, I think the more our soul is, is naturally filled. And while it can be more challenging in everyday life, you know, those small recommendations that you mentioned are so practical for, um, for leaders and for, for women and, and really for all of us that we need to be more intentional about doing that. Right. So. Well, and even, I mean, even for our work life, when we don't have space in our life, our creativity, it, it for me, it goes out the window. I mean, other people, right. I don't know how their minds work, but um, I mean, space is good for all aspects of our life. Um, and I would say, you know, it's probably only been eight years or so since I've for the most part on a regular routine have a Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the church. I, I mean, I guess growing up we did cause there was nothing to do on Sundays and nothing mm-hmm. was open. <laughs> you <laughs> couldn't right. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But these days there's so much to distract us. And yeah. so to have a day, even as a family that you protect and you do things that are life giving and you acknowledge yeah. God in those moments and where you see him and just having mm. those conversations and, um, friends of mine talk about on their Sabbath day, they have a candle that they just light in their house mm. on that day. And every time they walk by it, it's a reminder that this is a day set apart Yeah, to be with God, to restore our soul, to um, rest. Mm. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today. You, there was such wisdom shared here, but, but also just your personal story. I think when we, when we hear stories, we connect to them. There are parts of what you shared today where, you know, I wanted to raise my hand and said, yeah, me too, (laughs) because I get it. And I hope that was the experience for our listeners as well today. So um, just thanks for carving out time and space to have this conversation today. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. You've been listening to the Side-by-Side Podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Zort. Subscribe to get more practical tips women leaders need. Leave us a review. We want to know what you think. We would be so honored if you would share this episode with a friend. And finally, check out our show notes with great links to free practical resources from our guests and ways that you can connect with us. Because we believe we lead better when we lead side by side.